Hello there and thank you for downloading this Property Today podcast from the 5th of September. And this week, we took a look at all the top property stories over the weekend with, of course, Mohanad Albadia, the wolf of real estate. We also talked about the changing face of flexible work and the impact it's having on office space in the UAE with Mohamed Khaled, the founder of Hotdesk. Plus, Mohanad took all your questions on how you can choose the right location for your property purchase. And literally dozens of people got in touch with their questions. Make sure you tune in every Monday for Property Today from 11am. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there and welcome to our Property Today segment. Uh, We do it every single week. It's our chance to take a look at all the top headlines that have come out on Property Stories. Plus, get a really good dose of free advice. Uh, And along those lines, it's my pleasure to welcome Mohanad Awadir, the wolf of real estate, into the studio. Hello. Hello, George. How was your weekend? Uh, Very busy and actually I was so uh, surprised and happy about the traffic today. It took me a while to find the parking, unlike the previous weeks, which is actually a good sign. Everybody's coming back. The city is full of life. You're absolutely right. And I have to say the school run, I think everyone's noticed uh, that the school run is an absolute nightmare again, (laughs) which of course in a way is a good thing uh, because it means that everyone's back in town and, and things are busy. So... Yeah, there's nothing worse when it's all a bit, when it's like a ghost town, it does feel a bit odd over the Uh, summer. I mean, we had a very good summer. Uh, Dubai usually, unlike most people think, it's not that empty during uh, summer. You were away. I'm away, yeah. (laughs) I don't actually know. But the city was busy and we had amazing months in terms of performance uh, for the real estate sector. I mean, the best um, uh, June and July in over a decade, uh, which is a very big sign as well that Dubai is attracting everybody with all interests from all different backgrounds, nationalities to just come and, you know, either live here or uh, start up a company um, or just, you know, uh, visit Dubai. It's on, yeah. the, on the top uh, now five uh, destinations worldwide to visit. <laughs> yeah, I saw that survey that came out over the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, interesting to see that. Well, I mean, you know what, Dubai, we, we, we like to be top of a survey here. You know, whether it's soft power <laughs> to, you know, the best Instagram view, that is definitely something the UAE likes to, likes to aim for. Uh, now, there have been several stories that have caught my eye over the last few days. Sure. Um, and, now, and it's funny, now that I've got into the sort of mentality of doing the programme every week, at 11. I'm like, oh, I can, oh, I can ask Mohammed about that. <laughs> uh, and you'll be surprised. I can find a property angle on nearly any story of now. Of course. Real estate <laughs> is connected to everything. <laughs> well, exactly. And, and so that last week, I got very excited because uh, two of the pavilions at Expo City have opened. They've described it as the soft launch of Expo City, which, of course, will be officially launching on the 1st of October. Correct. Needless to say, around that time, we may do quite a big focus on Expo City. Um, uh, but the fact so Garden in the Sky attraction also also opened. Um, it's all sort of the design is to break in the new neighbourhood to get people visiting again. I mean, are you excited about Expo City as a concept? I, I have a confession. I miss the Expo site. I think a lot of people who visited the Expo... Have you never been? <laughs> I've been, no, no. Yeah. I'm saying I, I'm... Oh, you uh, miss it I, I miss in... it. I want to visit it oh, again. Oh, no, don't. There's no shame in that. No, <laughs> at least not on this programme. There's no shame. A lot of people throughout the six months of uh, Expo, um, you know, some of them were hesitant to go, but then they went once and then twice and twice. I, have, I knew people who went almost... Over 100 times. I've actually uh, lived there. I mean, we, we, we broadcast from there once a week. 
week and we properly fell in love with it. So yeah. as far as the, the Expo Kool-Aid, we've all drunk it on this program and we're, we're big fans. I, and I'm so excited about the, you know, the transformation now to a full city. I, I would like to quote Her uh, Excellency Reem Hashimi who was the head of this beautiful project. I remember before the launch, uh, we were invited to the site as part of a media and influencers group. And she said something I will never forget, Georgia. She said, uh, I don't want you to think uh, of this event as just an exhibition or um, and, and just an expo that, you know, that will happen and end. We have a legacy phase, but I want you to imagine this being uh, the younger sister of Dubai and Abu Dhabi. It's a new city that will be there uh, for many, many years to come. And it will literally become the younger sister of between Abu Dhabi and, and Dubai. And it's becoming now a reality. We're living that, experiencing that. A lot of uh, multinational companies have decided to move their quarters, headquarters to uh, the Expo City. Um, very exciting news. And I think it's going to bring, as you mentioned, a lot of real estate opportunities. People are looking for a great place to invest. Definitely consider Dubai South. Uh, consider the Expo City uh, because it's going to have a very promising future and whoever is going to invest now there will definitely benefit in terms of capital appreciation or even rent returns. I mean, now I have asked the team at Expo City this question already and, and they fielded it. So I'm, I'm slightly expecting you to field it as well um, because we just don't know what type of property there's going to be out there. Obviously, there were lots of buildings uh, and, and flats created for the staff of Expo. And I imagine that those are going to be turned into apartments. And I imagine, you know, some of the, uh, there were some of the pavilions are going to be turned into apartments as well. But do you have any secret squirrel insights uh, about what's going to happen I, I, out there? I have very good context there, but um, I don't think uh, the plan is uh, uh, defined yet. But we know it's going to be it's going to be fascinating. Uh, don't forget that this is part of a whole district called Dubai South, which includes a new airport, uh, a lot of uh, commercial, industrial, residential, uh, um, uh, and even hospitality facilities that will be built there. Uh, already, a lot of developers, the likes of Amar, Mac Property. A lot of developers have already have districts there. They sold units, be it residential, uh, apartments or villas or even plots. People can buy plots there and build their own dream uh, villa. So uh, they have a lot of opportunities. In the actual uh, Expo City, uh, yes, there are a lot of buildings that will be converted into commercial. And there is a whole district that will be related to residential. Uh, but the actual uh, definite details, I think they're keeping it because they're crafting it. They're uh, you know creating a masterpiece. And we're all very excited, but Dubai never fails to, you know, impress the whole world, not just us as residents here. So I'm very excited about the news. Let's just see what's going to happen when they launch yeah, it officially. I mean, so I was trying to find out whether, it, you know, properties were going to be freehold or whether they were going to be, um, you know, owned by the state, for example. And, and, and what was really interesting was there was a definite sense when I asked the question that it depends on how the market looks uh, yeah. when, when they come to market in many ways. But, but I think, so they're very flexible. I think, and not I think, I'm sure, in Dubai South, uh, it's a freehold uh, area. area. So it's open like all of Dubai, most of the areas in Dubai are now open for all nationalities. We have more than 200 nationalities that own properties here in Dubai, which is fascinating. Yeah, really um, interesting because everyone has their different style of property, right? People people home themselves in such different ways. Of course. So yeah. I, I think I think we just have to wait and see, but definitely it's going to be very, very exciting news. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> okay, so another big event, moving on from Expo to the Qatar World Cup. Mm -hmm. um, we've been talking about the fact there's less than 100 days to go until then. Uh, obviously, it's great news for the tourism sector and all for, you know, football fans. Of course. But 
Do you think it'll have any effect on the property market here? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) In in what ways? Because I suppose there's a short term and a long term. So many ways. I'll just explain to you. Um, For for, uh, a very obvious uh, point of view, uh, the the influx of tourists coming, they're expecting to have over 1.5 million visitors coming to Dubai because Dubai, as usual, uh, was very creative in creating a very convenient uh, system for the fans to come and travel with the easy visas going in and out. It's very close. So that also helps. Um, this will definitely benefit the hospitality sector. We're yeah. going to expect a very good uh, rise in the uh, hotels, uh, occupancy rates. Also, holiday homes will benefit a lot. Um, uh, retail will benefit. People will come here and they will want to go shopping. They will want to experience the city and all the attractions that Dubai uh, offers any visitor from all over the world. Um, also, I, I like this is something we witnessed during uh, Expo. Um, out of all these vis- visitors that come to Dubai, there will be a percentage of people that will be very impressed with the city. They've heard about it. Some will, you know, visit it for the first time, and they will want to own a piece <laughs> of Dubai. So we've seen that from Expo. Uh, we witnessed a very good uh, increase in demand yeah. uh, from foreign buyers who just want to came for Expo, but then they were fascinated with the city and wanted what it offers in terms of. Um, safety in terms of uh, beautiful lifestyle, uh, great opportunities. It's also a wise decision to buy now in Dubai because uh, the rent returns and the capital appreciation that you get here in Dubai in the real estate sector um, is, is one of the best in the world. So I think there will be a sizable percentage of the people coming also trying Dubai and experiencing the beautiful lifestyle of Dubai. They will want to also buy a property. And this is new demand that will come to Dubai. Do you have any sense of what that conversion rate is? Like if you have like a million people do, is it 10%? Is it 1%? I mean, if, it, if it's a million people and you get 1%, that's plenty. Yeah. If you just take 10%, that's 100,000 yeah. people, yeah. which is amazing. That's, that's you know? a whole, that's Arabian Ranch's six. Uh, ex- <laughs> exactly. The, this is like a, a whole new influx, but this is what Dubai keeps doing. You know, it keeps coming up with great initiatives. Uh, Expo was just one out of um, a series of amazing events. Uh, that keep happening in this beautiful city. So I think it will be very exciting to see what's going to happen. I, I know as as residents, we're not going to enjoy the traffic. <laughs> but, oh my gosh. But we're used to it now. <laughs> we're literally not going to be able to book a restaurant or a taxi for exactly. about a month, as far as I can tell. Uh, or, or fly anywhere because the flights have shot up because everyone's yeah. using Dubai as a base. Yes. Um, so, okay, so... Next, we're going to move on from um, residential property into commercial property. And it's a topic that we're going to carry into the next segment of the program. And it is that study from Savills into flexible office space in Dubai. Uh, The survey shows an increasing number of local corporates are looking for flexible options. Now, this is quite interesting because they look back on 2018 and they said back then flexible office take up accounted for about 8% of total office absorption. By 2021, that had gone down to 5% because everyone just works at home. But now it looks like that global trend is now reversing. And especially here in the United Arab Emirates off the back of the sort of UAE strong economic rebound. Now, we haven't talked about commercial space a great deal on the programme so far. What trends are you seeing there? Um, I think, look... um, um Commercial sectors are very important for any city. It's actually the pumping heart of any city because wherever you have uh, like a CBD or a central business district, you find a lot of residential communities being built around it because people love to live next to their where their work is. But things changed after uh, the pandemic. Um, the hashtag stay at home, work from home changed everything. Yeah. Um, a lot of also people uh, realized that 
it's maybe a good opportunity for them to, you know, stop being part of the corporate world, start their own businesses. Um, and Dubai has a specific uh, benefit to it that it created a system also for freelancers. So uh, Dubai uh, attracts a lot of freelancers, encourages them, provides them with a legal framework to work and flourish in this uh, in this city that is full of opportunities. So. I think that's where the demand for flexible office mm. space started emerging. Um, one, because of people not needing to work from home, uh, from other offices, physical offices anymore. Second, because a lot of people wanted to have their own businesses or maybe they lost their jobs or they realized that, you know, the corporate system failed them during the pandemic or the financial uh, economic crisis of 2008 and 2009. So they started wanting to have their own businesses. Um, plus, Dubai attracts a lot of freelancers. So if yeah. you put all of this together, you will you will see that there will be demand, and I think it's going to keep growing. Um, we're we're lucky to have very good, uh, high quality service providers in this sector here in Dubai. So uh, if you go to any of the companies that operate uh, flexible office spaces, you will not be disappointed. Well, <laughs> we can check. We can do a sense check right yes. now because we're going to be joined in the next few minutes by Mohanad Khaled. Now he's the founder of Hot Desk, and he will talk through uh, the growth that he's seen in, in his market and and where he sees that that growth going. And 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 uh, as you bring up there, you know the types of services that people are expecting. Uh, from those uh, group flexible working spaces. So yeah, Mahanid uh, Khaled, founder of Hot Desk, will be on next. Remember to get your questions in for Mahanid Alwadia. There's nothing he doesn't know about property. Trust me, I've tried it. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Hello there. Yes, welcome back. You are listening to our special segment, Property Today, joined in the studio by the wolf of real estate, Mohanad Alwadia. How are you doing? Hi, Georgia. He is still here. <laughs> He's prepping for your property questions, which are coming through thick and fast. Make sure you keep them coming, 04871 or you can text 4001. Uh, so if you get those questions in, we're going to prep that from about half past onwards. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to discuss the future of Dubai's office space, as it's really come under the spotlight over the last few days, thanks to a new report from the estate agent Savills. Their survey showed an increasing number of local corporates were looking for flexible options. Uh, basically, in 2021, that dropped to about 20 to, to about 5% because people were just working from home. But Savills say that they're now seeing a gradual reversing of that trend. Uh, but despite this, flexible space providers still only have a very small share of the overall office market. So... Savile say this is set to change, and I'm joined now by a guest who I imagine has drawn the same conclusion. Uh, Mohammed Khaled is the founder of Hot Desk, and he joins us in the studio. Mohammed, how are you doing? I'm doing great, and it's always good to be here. I think this is my third time, and every time I come, it's more and more interesting. Well, I think that you probably look around our office space, don't you now? Because we've been talking about the different ways in which your company's been developing, and I imagine you're fairly analytical when you come into our studios and see our offices. Uh, I mean, have you seen this this change in flexible office space that Savills talk about? Have you seen an increase? Oh, yes, we've seen a massive increase. So if you think about it, everybody had the problem solved when it was 100% work from office pre-COVID. Everybody had the problem solved when it was 100% work from home. But now everyone's trying to map the hybrid puzzle, right? How do you run a hybrid real estate strategy 
right? And if you think about Dubai companies, so Dubai and, and a lot of other leading capital markets not only take decisions for themselves, but for the other companies they run across the world. So how do you create a singular real estate strategy that helps you stay lean, yet very effective, blending work from home, work from office, reliance on third-party space. So what Hotdesk is ultimately is, we are the end-to-end stack technology that enables these real estate strategies to come to life. Whether it's better managing your internal space and looking at data points on how your real estate asset is performing. Are people using the right meeting rooms? Which floors should you uh, get rid of? Where should you focus? What extra collaboration spaces should you build, for example? But then also, you're not going to have an HQ in every single city. And definitely, they don't need to be 20 floors. So how do you rely on third-party space via our platform to kind of make that hybrid strategy come to life? Yeah, that's a bit about us. I mean, fascinating that you've moved on from just people booking desks to really that sort of end to end environment. How, you know, if somebody comes to you and they're a bit like, well, you know, I've got 100 staff, but they only want to be in the office 20% of the time. Can you describe the type of office that they need then? You know, things like, you know, whether they need breakout spaces, whether they need big meeting rooms, whether you're going to have them in a cubicle vibe. Yeah, 100%. So when you look at offices, right, uh, and, and the purpose of why they are built, ultimately, there are three pillars you want to cover, right? You want to cover functional reasons, like how is the office helping the people perform emotionally? How do the people feel? And socially, how do you present your brand, right? So these are the three pillars you have to focus on. So when you're building up an office, not only do you look at ergonomics and flexibility and comfort, but you look at how am I distributing my space into me, we and social spaces because people need to focus, right? You need desks and solo pods and office rooms that help you focus. You need collaboration and creative sort of areas that help drive inspiration to the business and like quick brainstorming sessions, etc. So more we spaces and then, and then social spaces. So if you look at a given office in 2022, you'll walk in, the noise will be slightly louder in the middle. You have a bit of music, you'll probably have a barista. And that real estate setup enables people to behave in a different way. They're just going to socialize. And as you pan out from that and things get more serious, the noise level goes down, people automatically just start to focus. And then when they see a couple of beanbags on a whiteboard, they'll <laughs> grab the pen quickly and start thinking. So, so the way you set up is really important. And when you think about who's in the office today, people that were 12 years old in 2012 are now 22, right? So Gen Z and Gen Y are now coming into the workforce, right? And and that means the whole dynamic is changing. It's not about just paying people high salaries. That's not enough anymore. You can't really mandate everyone in countries across the world from a legal perspective to come to office. But if your office looks really good, has nice coffee, I think people are going to come. That's Mohamed, what does your office look <laughs> I think, like? I think it's, uh, it's exactly what you mentioned. From a real estate yeah. point of view, we actually operate like a flexible office. It has to look fun. It has to offer um, private areas for people to make calls and just talk to clients. But also, as you mentioned correctly, Mohamed, the wee spaces where people can collaborate. And it's mostly now about socializing. It's actually fun places. Um, I have a question for you, Mohamed. A lot of things have changed in the last, I would say, few years. Um, the financial crisis, then we had the pandemic. Um, how do you see this industry changing? I mean, uh, I'm sure safety uh, has become a main priority. So how do you cater for this in your new design in terms of uh, flexible offices? 
So, so I agree with you 100%. The change is is so large and is happening so fast. And and where we can gauge this is so many enterprise clients are coming to us, asking us multiple questions. A, how do we take decisions on how to build our offices from a data-driven perspective, Mm. right? But then B, how do we run this strategy in, in multiple markets? So the change is coming so fast. But we are one step behind, right? And is that we haven't been collecting the right data in real time to help us take those decisions so we can actually draw the portrait of how this is going to look like in five years. So this is our sole mission, right? We want to be in there in every office and every enterprise office, every flexible office around the world, picking up those data points so we can then all together point towards the right direction and, and, and go towards the right move. Yeah, excellent. I mean, it is fascinating because there are so many spaces, even in our amazing, quite new offices here that they literally built in the last two or three years. There's a massive um, boardroom just over there that, as far as I can tell, is very rarely used. So in a sort of flexible environment, if you had a flexible space, then you could just hire the boardroom when you needed it rather than paying for it permanently. Yes, you, you have to look at your blended cost per seat per hour kind of thing and, and then map what am I doing and is this the best? So I'll give you a quick example. So for a couple of our workspaces, we'll see then in a certain part of the city, most meeting room bookings are four-seater requests or four-people requests, but then they have a lot of eight-seaters. So a good decision would be to split that room into two and suddenly you're making more effective use of it, more money if you're a flexible workspace, right? But but to get that, you need to look at multiple points. How are people on, on the app looking, searching, using, booking, right? Mapping this with the internal operating system that we plug into spaces. Then when you look at all the data points all together and on how all companies are behaving, you can then make the best decision. Every single company is basically becoming a data company. It's fascinating, isn't it? Like you're, you're not just renting office space, you're now becoming, you've got AI on it, you're figuring out the different patterns. Yeah, so for example, in Qatar right now with the World Cup, right? And, and let's say with the expo that was happening in Dubai and how big that was, pricing curves move, right? Office prices increase and decrease relatively quickly. So you need AI and, and data points to be able to create an algorithm that prices for you as a flexible workspace provider in a dynamic sense. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, Mohammed, thank you so much. I could speak to you for ages. Like, it's it's really, really... Always love it. Thank you for having me. Really interesting stuff. Uh, Mohammed Khalid there, the founder of Hot Desk. Right. Uh, it's been a pleasure speaking about that. We're going to bring ourselves back, I think, to, to residential property uh, over the next few minutes. Uh, Mohammed Alwadir, the Wolf of Real Estate, will be staying with me. He's got lots of advice on uh, when and how you should buy your own property. At uh, This time, sort of looking at, at the location, location, location. I'm going to go with that. Yes. There's a programme... We'll move on from that. Uh, but first of all, we got the news. And then, yes, do keep your questions for Mohanad coming in. Uh, 04871 This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Okay, right. It is property advice time. And it is my chance to take the back seat. 
rather looking forward to it. Uh, because Mohanid Alwadia, the Wolf of Real Estate, is still here with us in the studio. He's a veritable encyclopedia of information on the UAE property market. Uh, so what are you going to focus on today, Mohanid? We're going to continue talking about the factors that people must take into consideration when buying a property. And to be frank, Georgia, there are a lot. We cannot cover them in one uh, one week or one episode. Um, and this is because buying a property is the biggest and most important financial decision anybody would make in their life. So the objective is to make sure that we're educating or our listeners to make uh, a fact-based decision. So uh, last week, we spoke about the financial factors uh, before, during, and post buying a property that they must take into consideration even before attempting to uh, buy a property. They need to study the financials. Today, I want to talk about the location. Um, by the way, historically, when you used to ask people about what's the most important factor you have to take into consideration when buying a property, they'll jump and say location. And because it's so important, they used to say it three times, location, location, location. But because of the uh, financial crisis that happened in 2008, 2009, because of the pandemic, because of a lot of things changing, uh, people have become more price sensitive or, or, or more concerned about the financials. That's why we started with the financials. But location is so key and so important. And I want to talk about it in more details today just to describe uh, what a great location is, what a strategic location is. Because uh, I'm personally sick and tired of seeing ads that say strategic location. You know, define what strategic location is. For the buyers listening right now or interested to buy a property, you need to have a set criteria that defines for you what a strategic location is. You also need to answer a very fundamental question. Should you buy at the center or the outer rings uh, of the city? What makes more sense in terms of location? So we're going to be covering all of that. Uh, so either way, yeah, I mean, what's great is lots of questions come into mind because, of course, if you're going to buy a property, at the moment, my husband and I, for example, don't feel ready to buy, well, don't feel rich enough, frankly, to buy a family home. So we'd be looking to buy an investment property. And as a consequence, the type of property that we're going to buy would be completely different. So if we were buying a family home, we'd probably buy on the outskirts of the city. Whereas my thinking is that if I wanted to buy a, an investment property, I'd probably go in the centre of town. Um, it's Sometimes it's yes or no. The answer is not as uh, simple as it seems because... Uh, I would argue and say people love to live in the center because that's where the established communities are. Um, for example, uh, I have to mention this. This week on Wednesday, there is a new release of Central Park from uh, from Miras. Um, and the last time they had a release, almost like a month ago, it was oversubscribed. They had almost 10,000 people showing up to buy 200 units. Uh, I know people who were flying over. I remember I was in the event at the Coca-Cola Arena and a lady was flying from France just to attend that event to get a unit. Uh, I'm not sure if she got one or not. I hope she did. That is extraordinary. <laughs> so I mean, they're almost having... relief. Like, I, I just don't think you get that in other countries, that type no, of but, fever. But but this is what Dubai is representing to the whole world. Um, now they're releasing, uh, there's a new phase released uh, next Wednesday in the Coca-Cola Arena. So I think anybody who's listening and want to buy uh, a great property in an established community in a central location, then they should go for that uh, launch at the Coca-Cola Arena. Uh, what makes it so interesting? One, it's a central location. You're buying um, at City Walk, which is renowned to have a fantastic lifestyle. I always say wherever there is retail, there is life. They have a very unique kind of retail. Uh, it's uh, in close proximity to highways, Sheikh Zayed Road. Uh, it's very close to the Jumeirah area, which people uh, is now to be a very luxurious area close to the beach. Uh, it's also close to downtown, but far enough. So a lot of people tell me, should I live in downtown or in City Walk? Definitely City Walk. I always say downtown is great if you're just arriving to the city. You don't want to get lost. You don't want to go wrong. 
live in downtown. And it's super high rise as it, well, whereas exactly. City Walk is, is nicer, it's lower. That's another aspect, which is the master plan, you know, uh, the density of buildings versus uh, the pedestrian areas. Uh, City Walk, in my opinion, is built uh, according to human scale. So people can actually walk there and enjoy walking there. Unlike other areas where you feel it's built for cars. So you don't really enjoy walking in the neighborhood. Um, so for me, downtown is a great area for tourists, for people who are coming for transit. They're just arriving, you know, to stay there for a year, maybe two, then move to a more uh, central yet interesting, you know, uh, area to live in. Um, another factor that uh, I think Miras has nailed it very well with this release is the price per square foot and the actual price. I mean, they start from 1.4, 1.5 million uh, dirhams uh, for a very well uh, designed uh, one bedroom. So they offer a very interesting, you know, proposition. You get as an investor very good uh, rent uh, returns. Also, the capital appreciation will be very promising because you're already within a very well uh, designed area and it offers a lot of greenery. That's another aspect which we spoke about also last mm-hmm. week about the 2040 plan. Uh, they are really um, um, delivering on the vision of 2040 by offering green spaces. It's actually called Central Park. So it's it's like there's a park and they built the buildings in it. If you see the master plan of this community, it's fascinating, but it's still within the city walk that we love and we enjoy. Well, exactly. If you want to go and see 50 Cent, for example, one evening, it's just a short walk to exactly. the Coca-Cola exactly. Arena. Exactly, 100%. So it's, it's actually opposite that exactly. So it's that's what defines for me a very good location to live in. But uh, also... Right now, because it's under construction, it's great for investment. If it gets ready, then the prices go up. It will not appeal a, a lot to investors because the capital appreciation would have been achieved and you will buy it at a higher price. So you will not also get high rent returns. Well, that's, you know, it's very interesting you raise that because that's actually one of the questions that's come in here. Uh, Ram says, I bought a town, we actually don't know the area, yeah. but he says, I bought a townhouse two years ago for 1.3 million. And by the end of the year, it's going to be ready. And I'm getting offers to sell it at 1.8 million. <laughs> what should I do? Well, first of all, uh, the name is Ram. Yeah. yeah. Ram, congrats. You, yeah. you bought at the right time. Two years ago, that's uh, 2020. And I would like to quote again uh, Warren Buffett, who says, we become greedy when people become fearful and we become fearful when people become greedy. So he bought at a time when people were fearful uh, and that's a good decision. Now he's getting the results. So uh, by the way, I'm getting a lot of these uh, kind of questions right now. What do we do? It's a good problem. Uh, my recommendation to you, Ram, is uh, wait, because you he mentioned that it will be ready soon, right? Yeah. I think wait until it's completed because a ready property will definitely be more attractive and will have a better price than an under construction property. But I would say don't wait until the date of completion and offer it. Uh, wait another year at least or two because most sellers will think that at, at handover, I want to start selling. And because of the amount of supply offered there, you will find a lot of competition. So I would advise him to rent it for a year or two, benefit from the rent returns. Uh, And don't forget he bought it at a low price. So his rent returns will be high enough at 1.3 million. Uh, Then sell it, maybe not for one, he mentioned 1.8. You might get 2 million, you know, uh, at that time. Um, And he bought a very good uh, asset. He bought a townhouse, right? Yeah. So uh, townhouses are in so much demand uh, and limited supply. If I'm you, Ram, first of all, I will... uh, Say congrats to myself. Yeah, quick pat on the back there, <laughs> yeah. And then I will wait for a year or two, get very good rent returns from it, and then sell it when it's really mature and people moved in and the, the secondary market movement has slowed down. 
Absolutely fascinating to get that advice from you, Mohanna. Thank you so much. Uh, Mohanna Dalwadia, that was the voice you just heard, the wolf of real estate. We've got him for another 15 minutes. Uh, this is your chance to get the questions in. It's your last chance today. I mean, he does come back every every Monday at 11. But your last chance for today. So anything that you want to ask Mohanna, get it in now. This is Property Today on the Agenda. With Morass and Dubai Properties. For the most extensive real estate portfolio in Dubai, choose Morass and Dubai Properties. Okay, yes, taking your property questions right now as we only have a few minutes left with Mohanad Awadia, the wolf of real estate in the studio. Now, normally people pay thousands of dirhams to <laughs> attend his sessions, uh, but this really is your chance to get free advice. He's promised to run through the questions really quickly. So text it in now, 4001, or you can WhatsApp us for free, 04871 and we will run through. Okay, here we go. Is a studio in JLT near the metro a good investment for rental returns? Uh, definitely because of its location, but you need to do your uh, calculation correctly you need to see if the price the return on investment in terms of rent re- returns are make sense and also pay attention to the price per square foot because with studios they tend to be very high okay I'm a landlord with about eight villas in springs they're all rented rented out at the moment good man mm-hmm. I'm tempted to liquidate a few and invest in some other areas where should can you advise of course there are so many uh, destinations um, I'm sure if he bought it long time uh, he bought his villas long ago now is a good time to liquidate because the springs is getting a bit old but there are so many good opportunities I would recommend maybe to check out Modern they've released a new phase there Modern Renim it reminds me a lot of the springs it has a lot of uh, promising you know outlook in terms of capital appreciation rent return it's becoming a a go-to destination so uh, good for him and a good decision. <laughs> uh, okay, here we go. Apart from location, what dictates the difference in ROI in Dubai property markets? Is it the housing is and also is the housing price expected to cool down come 2023 in Dubai? Uh, the first part of the question, there are more than 25 factors. Uh, for example, we mentioned the financial uh, details, the location, view, the layout, the size, the height of the unit, the master development, so many factors. I'm going to cover them as we go, so keep following us. Uh, the second part, is it going to cool down? I personally uh, don't see it uh, cooling down for at least another two years um, because we're, we're living now exceptional times. There are financial, political, uh, health and uh, even uh, environmental crisis hitting the whole world. So until these four calm down a little bit, I think everybody will be coming to Dubai and Dubai will benefit and its real estate uh, sector will, will keep rising. Yeah, you've got a sense of it being a safe haven at the moment. Michael, thank you very much for that message. Uh, uh, Sanjay says, uh, could you advise, please, if property prices of Mulberry at Dubai Hills are now moving up? Yes, uh, the whole Dubai Hills uh, district, um, it's doing very well. Uh, prices uh, are, are going up across all, all the sectors, uh, townhouses, villas, apartments. Um, and with the recent opening of the Dubai Hills Mall, it's expected to even grow more and more. OK, Zahir, similar question. Dubai Hills Estate, five bed in Sidra One, keep or flip? <laughs> oh, it depends. It depends when you bought it and what are your objectives. A lot of people who flip, I have a question for you. What are you going to do with the money? If you're wise enough and you know how to reinvest it again, definitely flip. If you don't know how to do it, real estate is so simple. Keep it, rent it, keep it for the long run. You're going to benefit. Okay, how can we buy a property without a down payment in Dubai? Is uh, that possible? It, yes, it's becoming now more and more difficult. Uh, but uh, there are a few opportunities where you can buy a property uh, directly from the from the developer. <laughs> 
<laughs> sorry, from the developer with a payment plan, in-house payment plan. So you don't need to worry about mortgages, about the big down payment. You can just pay in installments uh, as you go. You can buy it off plan or even ready. There are options with ready properties for maybe half a million dirhams that you pay over seven years. So That's you do, amazing. Yeah, if you do the math, it's very affordable to everybody. It's like rent. <laughs> yeah, it's like but you're it's, buying it. It's actually called a, a rent to own scheme. <laughs> very cool indeed. And Niraj says, hi, Mohammed. What do you think? Sorry, hi, Mohammed. Yeah. What do you think of the MR South townhouses near the airport, the DWT airport? Um, uh, earlier in the show today, we spoke about Dubai South in general. Yeah. And I think it's a very promising area for the long run. So if you buy uh, from a reputable developer like uh, Miraz Dubai Properties or MR um, in a developing area, like, you know, um, the Expo District or uh, the Dubai South, for the long run, you cannot go wrong. That is very good news. Okay, uh, one person here says flat or townhouse, which should I buy? Um, it depends. Are you buying for investment or are you buying for you to live in it? Both of them have pros and cons. For example, the apartments usually come with the higher annual service charges compared to the villas. Uh, with the villas, you have to pay a higher price. But guess what? You own the land. Um, with the apartments, you're part of a, an, a community, but you get higher ROI in terms of rent ROI with the apartments compared to the villas. Uh, we can maybe talk about this in more details in another episode. We definitely should. <laughs> uh, that is amazing. Ultimately, whenever I talk to Mohanad, a lot of it just comes down to doing the maths, yes, doesn't it? Yes. Sit down, It's do a financial decision. So you need to do the math. But obviously, there are so many factors that will impact your financial decision as well, like the view, the location, all of these things. Always a fascinating discussion and the, the hour literally whizzes away so yeah. thank you so much I'm, <laughs> glad, I'm very pleased you're coming back again uh, on Monday at 11 o'clock next week and into the distant future to be honest yes. uh, I'm Awadia, the wolf of real estate remember you can uh, find him on Instagram uh, and every other social media along with a million other people at least on Instagram uh, so thank you very much for your time we appreciate it I've no idea how we get it for free but thank we really so appreciate much. it it's my pleasure thank you <laughs>